0: Hey, good morning everybody. Uh, I know it's a cold and wet, but uh, still a good day. Um, Mike here with Hillco Homes. We are doing another episode of our live podcast. And uh, I'm going to let Alex take this one because he's brought us a very special guest.
1: Awesome, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you, Mike. Hello, everybody. I'm Alex Estrada, co-host of Hilco Homes Podcasting, and we're really excited. we got a very special guest today, Antonio D. Sosa, a.k.a. Tony, a.k.a. Hope Dealer, bringing hope to America. <laughs> um, so uh, we kind of wanted to get him on the episode today to kind of talk about his experience. Uh, he is also a U.S. Navy veteran. Uh, thank you for the awesome. service by the way. Thank you for your support. Um he is also a part of Agapao. Uh, how do you say it? I got payo I apologize. payo properties. And he is also a development. He's actually working across the street at that uh big beautiful Frost building. Uh, how's that how's that going by the way?
2: It's going good, man. We're we're expected to be on on time.
1: Awesome. Well that's on good, time. right? That's so, good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's about it's that's about good. being on time, right? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So I kind of wanted to bring you on, uh, kind of give a little background about him. He is a U.S. Navy veteran, 35 years old, looking good. Is he a bachelor?
2: No, no. No, No, not no, Okay, no, he's no, taking no, ladies. No. <laughs> Just, <laughs> awesome,
1: awesome. Um, he is from San Antonio. He went to Holmes High School, uh, College Northwest Vista, married six, oh, sorry. <laughs> Your wife's all like, man, I'm going to hurt him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he is married. He has six kids, he is the modern day Brady Bunch, and uh, he has a modern day Brady Bunch family, and he has a uh, real estate experience and background. Uh, kind of tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved with real estate.
2: Okay, so my background itself is not necessarily, it's just uh, if you, I was raised in a trade, I was an electrician, uh, did the Navy thing, got out, did some other stuff, and then did a, I was a serial entrepreneur trying to find anything to get my hands on, and I just, you know, anywhere from cutting yards to network marketing. I mean, who hasn't done that, right? No. I mean, I think we've all kind of been there. And uh, so it's just, I never really thought real estate was worth that until I started educating myself. What are the, what are the wealthy people doing? And you look at some of the wealthy people, and they put, in, even if they don't make their money in real estate, they end up putting it in real estate eventually. Mm-hmm. And I go, so I think I'm skipping something here, Yeah. and that's kind of what started it. I started reading books. I met a gentleman downstairs, young kid, 20 at the time he was 26. This was only about a year and a half ago, and at the same time we were getting ready to go in on a property, and we just took off from there, man. We uh, we got some education, spent a lot of money on some good education, got around good people, uh, good coaches, good mentors, and we were coachable. That was the other thing. We were we were willing to learn. There was enough. We wanted it so bad that we're just willing to put aside everything we thought we knew and just let people teach us. So.
1: Awesome, awesome. Now, getting uh, getting started. Uh, when you were getting started transitioning into real estate, what was a lot of the, what would you say? A lot of the big mistakes you made going forward into it, trying to get your hands in.
2: Um, everybody wants to go in on a flip because that's what the TV shows were doing. Yes. So I mean, man, we we went in on a flip. <laughs> okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. Get involved with the local community. Try to find out what a good flip is. Um, you know, we bought a, our first flip was a disaster. I mean, everything that could go wrong, went wrong, everything you're not supposed to do, we did. We bought it without looking at it we, uh we didn't do our due, we, did, we had a, like a five day due diligence. We didn't do that. Uh, And the other thing was, I was just being a good guy. I go, man, I told you the next deal you find, I'll go in with you. And he's all right. I went in. I go, well, let's check it out. First, he goes, too late. (laughs) Oh Oh, man! So I was like, dude, like, all right, cool, man. So um, that was probably the worst experience because the the. The estimated repair cost was forty thousand, and we got quotes back sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars in repair quotes. And I mean, we're trying to GC. We're not. We're not trying to be the GCs on this project, which we yeah. did, which we ended up being anyways.
1: Okay.
2: Um, so that house has still not sold, by the way.
1: Oh wow! Now, we've
2: been able to do a couple of flips from there to now that have kind of helped out. Um, so, but that was the biggest thing I'd say is get around people who don't just do one thing, get around people who are familiar with the entire aspect of real estate investing. I highly recommend Alamo RIA or the other local RIAs like RENC and stuff like that. Get involved with the groups, get involved with the community and, and, and be open-minded. Be open-minded
0: and ready to learn. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, I, that's, that's a really great advice for anybody who's watching. Um, when it comes to any kind of investment and any kind of business, there's multiple strategies for what you're doing and what your approach is so like when I first got involved in real estate like the only thing I knew was the flips and the rentals right and then I started working with a company because like my, my background I'm a, I'm a very technical person I'm a mm-hmm. systems person right so the first real my, my first dabble in real estate was actually building a CRM and improving the systems inside of a, a major company that did real estate investments right but there their whole thing was doing owner finance right so they did all the stuff in-house they wholesale properties they did the rehab and instead of flipping them for an investor they owner finance with the investor held the note right oh yeah going into that like i didn't know anything about real estate right so i was like prepping (laughs) myself and i read all these like uh rental books and like property management stuff And then I, like, get there, and it's, like, totally useless. <laughs> yeah. It's like
2: somebody was telling me this recently. He goes, it's like Mike Tyson. goes, everybody got to plan until they get hit in the face. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, mm. oh, do you, yeah, you don't, You think you know what you're getting into. You're like, I'm going to make money and this and that, and then you end up, like, hurting yourself.
0: Yeah, you know, so it's, it's like, I can see that. To, to build on like what you, what you were just saying, like that's, that's a very smart thing and, it, and it, it lends itself to show that you're a sophisticated investor or at least you're getting yourself to that position. Because Appreciate it. Thank you. When, when you understand that, that your assets and your asset classes can do multiple things, it's really, it really just comes down to A, what you're comfortable doing and B, what is your end goal? I mean, if you're looking for cash flow, um, you know, probably the best thing to do is the owner finance. You know, if, you're, if you're looking for uh, a, a little bit of a mix and you wanna, you wanna build some cash flow while also building equity, then do the rentals, buy and hold, that's exactly what it does. If you're looking for a cash strategy, then the quickest thing is doing a flip, right? Um, but if you don't know what you're doing and you're just jumping in just trying to get you know get your feet wet, at least understand that you have multiple exits and there's multiple strategies for various reasons. And then find the people that know how to do those things the best.
1: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. awesome, awesome. Well, let me ask you. Um, you know, since our company is uh, structures around a wholesaling, uh, what is it? What's your thoughts on wholesaling? Do you do you yourself do wholesaling? Yes, or, I do.
2: I I wholesale it if it's. I try to make deals that are wholesalable if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um i will get a i get all kinds of deals from a for sale by owner to a a wrap to a sub two with a wrap uh, balloon payments uh, lease options Um, but wholesaling is definitely available now if i come across a wholesale deal more than likely i'm not going to wholesale it i end up doing it just because if if the numbers work why not do it myself unless i'm too unless I have too much going, which kind of right now I do, I can't, I, right right now if any more deals come across my plate, I'm probably gonna wholesale them. Yeah. So um, wholesaling, um, I love how you can, my very first wholesale deal made a few thousand dollars, didn't do a whole lot. I really just helped somebody out through the process and in the meantime they go, hey, let's just split this. I go, man, it's fair, it works. And uh, it's, it's an easy way to make cash, but it's also an easy place to get in trouble. Remember that in real estate, you're dealing with people's houses, their livelihood. Some of them, you, they're very sentimental about the house or they've invested a lot of money. And you can get in a lot of trouble if you don't do things right. I mean, so you just yeah. want to be sure you take care of people. If it's not good for the homeowner, if it's not good for you or it's not good for the end buyer, then don't do the deal. You know, it's, it's, it's got to be a win-win-win.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. And I'll do a quick plug here for
0: Alex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so for those of you who are watching, that are new to wholesaling or want to get into wholesaling, um, Alex's workshop is actually a a really great uh, opportunity for you to not just learn how to wholesale, but learn how to do it the right way. Because one of the things that I've seen, and I think a lot of wholesalers who have been in the industry for a while now, will tell you that there's a lot of wholesalers out there that give everybody else a bad name just because they just don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to phrase certain things, they don't know how to ask the right questions or which questions to ask. Um, you know, and and that, that hurts the credibility of everybody else who is doing the right thing and, and, and doing the, uh, the right job um, appropriately. So if you're, if you're looking to get into wholesaling and you wanna see uh, some success, part of that success comes from being ethical and knowing the things that you need to ask for. Uh, and I would say uh, definitely uh, check out Alex's workshop. He does it every other Saturday, nine a.m. to twelve p.m. And um, yeah, it's a it's a great resource, um, and it's it's free right now. And you know, if you're looking to get into into the industry and you want to do it the right way, check out Alex's workshop.
1: Awesome, I appreciate that. The great thing about Mike is that you need him to market something, he will not forget <laughs> to throw in some some plugins on there. <laughs> I love it, man. It's love good. this guy. Yeah, you know, definitely. So. Uh, so my understanding as well is that you have you have mentors how, yes. how do you go about uh, how did you go about figuring out who you should be mentored by or you know what, what kind of tips and strategies do you use to find a great mentor
2: so um it's i got involved with the education program um, rich dad poor dad elite legacy um, that was my that was my first investment and in, my first major investment into real estate very expensive by the way um, if, if you do go that route do it with a partner so you pay half the price instead of full price um, that's kind of what we did but um that's where the mentorship just i mean I'm a sector professional and I'm real big on training people, and then in, sure. one of my, in, in, in one of my network marketing companies, it was always about mentorship,
1: mm-hmm. being
2: sure that you could develop good leaders, good people, because that's a system in itself. Yes. So, and it's also measurable. Yes. So, I knew that I needed a mentor right away, and we reached out to, that was the first place we it went to. It also holds to. you
0: accountable, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, I've, I've done tutoring, um, like, back in college, I was also a, a teacher's assistant, um, and one of the, like philosophies that I learned early on from other people who did that Mm -hmm. and kind of like trained me up was like the best way to learn is teaching others because it it pulls it brings to light everything that you don't know right and if you really know something then you can teach it to someone else and and that really goes like if you bring on (coughs) bring on a student so to speak that you're going to mentor and teach and you find yourself not able to explain something to them then you that's that's a quick indicator to tell yourself that you don't exactly know or fully yeah. understand what it is you're doing um but yeah i'm, I'm glad that you're able to do that and, yeah. and i think that's something we all have in common having been <coughs> experience in network marketing and i tell people all the time too like if you're interested in getting into business you don't have a lot of money and you don't really know what you want to do in business just join a multi-level join a network marketing yes. business oh yeah i'm all oh, for it. like even if even if you don't uh like your end goal is not to become like the you know, four-star tier diamond yeah. whatever person. Like at least learn some business sense. You know, mm-hmm. Learn some sales skills. Learn how to work with a team. And then you take that and apply it to whatever other industry you want to go into. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's a great way to get started into business.
2: Yeah, you know, network marketing, the product is one thing. The true product is you. It's always the individual because in order right. to actually make a sale, you have to change yourself starts from the inside oh, no. and so I mean having that network marketing background was great uh, so even with mentors we got them through Elite Legacy and then after Elite Legacy I just started latching on to all the other real mentors uh, it was a mentorship through Elite Legacy, Elite Legacy. yeah that's okay. the Rich Dad Poor Dad okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. training yeah. and uh, so we were very fortunate to get a heavy hitter a local guy very into the Texas legislature laws and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been a great mentor. He's been able to help us do deals and help us uh, help us balance everything out. You know, be sure we're doing everything right. So okay. it's nice. Cool. cool.
1: You you know that's very important. You know, I tell people when they're I was like, look, you can either be stubborn and think you know it all and do everything yourself and see how far that takes you, yeah. or you can one either find a good uh, mentor. The somebody who takes pride in teaching you and gives you the good guidance and has credibility, uh, credibility <laughs> behind them, you know, or get with the company that has s- uh, somebody similar to what a mentor would do. Mm-hmm. Somebody who will uh, can teach you how to, you know, create a duplicatable system. Somebody who, you know, has no uh, no excuse mentality. Somebody who's yeah. going to make sure you grow. And who's gonna like you know, lead you, you know, and a lot of people think, you know, when they're trying to join network marketing that, you know, it has to the product has to be good. And it's not just the product, it has to be the system. You use. you can get with the right. company with good product, but yeah. if their system sucks and if their mentor sucks, then you're gonna suck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
2: Have you ever not gone back to a coffee shop or not gone back to a restaurant because the individual just was horrible? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. People buy because they like you, not necessarily because... They like the product yeah and that's that's a huge part of it. Oh, yeah.
0: do a quick shout out to some people watching us Anthony thanks for for watching Hernando you're, you're the man you're always watching yo uh, Sammy Marilyn Ian thanks for watching thank you if anybody who is watching our live show has questions and questions for our guests uh, put them up on on Facebook uh, I'm here on the computer as you can see I'm, I'm trying to monitor this as best as I can um, but yeah, thanks for watching, guys. We'll, we're gonna start sorry, sorry for interrupting. No, no, <laughs> oh, that's your that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm made... out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Well,
1: so tell us. Um, I, I know you had told me some good good news this morning. Yeah. You know, it's always a good day to get some oh, good yeah. news as you it did is. this morning. So,
2: so this this morning, I was I was driving in. I've got uh, a five unit, four unit, a three unit, and a two unit that I have on contract uh, with a partner of mine. He can't sell them; he's too busy. So I'm. Wholesaling for him basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, got a phone call and this gentleman. goes, Hey, you know, we just got done with a 1031 exchange. I'd like to buy what you have available. I saw these multi units and I go, Well, I've got a couple. Like, which ones are you interested in? He goes, Well, how many you got? I'm like, I got four. He said, like, Well, let me look at all four. Maybe we could do a deal. You know, so even if he takes half of them, it'll be a nice payday. Awesome, uh, awesome. One of them is on a for sale by owner, which I know is going to be uh, something we're going to talk about here in a bit. Yes, awesome, but uh, the, one awesome. of the exit strategies. There's multiple. There's multiple exit strategies. The more ways you know how to get into a deal, the more deals you can do. Yes. Um, and oh that's my God! I tell people that all the time, it, man. You, like, you Learn. Got to it out. <laughs> and you know what? It's okay to mess up. Just mess up ethically. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do what's right. Do what's right by the owner, and be sure you keep yourself out of trouble. You know, that goes a long document, way. Document,
1: document, document. Yes. <laughs> yes, you know, uh, so, you know, that's all I was actually going to go right into is uh, extra strategies. And you said it perfectly. The more extra strategies you know, the more you can get that deal and do something with it versus somebody who knows how to just wholesale something, right? There's several ways on extra strategies, at uh, least options, right? Yeah. Uh, for sell by owner, uh, you know, uh, you, you can. Wholesale, right? You can uh, sub two. You can do like so many things out there. What would be a few that you would have would be great strategies for people to kind of learn?
2: Uh, for sale by owners, is a great one. It's probably the simplest one out there for the long term. Uh, if you can come across a deal where the individual doesn't necessarily want a whole lot down or nothing down, um, whether they have the property and they have enough funding, they don't necessarily need the money. Uh, and those as you and I both know those people come across
1: all, all the time
2: <laughs> so you know and they just want uh, they just want to offload yeah. so um, yeah, I know the gentleman you sent me Mr. The mm-hmm. uh we talk still here I don't know what's gonna happen but what we did was he wanted to offload seven properties mm-hmm. and he's wanted to do them once a year to hold out on capital gains tax I go well why don't we just do it over the course of 20 years and you don't pay any capital gains tax. You be the bank, and let me buy them from you. So instead of selling the house right off all at once and getting the capital gains, we can potentially extend that twenty years, and he can get mailbox money yeah, for his yeah. son. And that's the only reason he wanted it for son. So right. something like that, yeah. And so that's that's a, so, you know, that's what I suggest. Getting it for sale by owners is a great one. Um, <clears throat> finding people who don't necessarily want the property anymore they're just done
1: with it they're sick of it you know so okay awesome awesome so you know uh, what would be you know I I get uh, some some people come to me sometimes about you know hey this person has like all these properties what do I do you know like I'm just gonna try to get all of them you know and one of the things that I tell them is like no try to grab one first and always show that you can perform and don't shoot yourself in the foot mm-hmm. because if you can't do one, and then you can't do this other one, you can't right. do this other one. They're not going to waste your time. They're not going to waste their time, right? right? So try to grab the one that you can, you know, that you can feel like you can move the fastest and the, you know the the most potential, and then show that you can perform, right? What What advice would you give them when you know dealing with, when you find out somebody has multiple properties and they want to like liquidate them or off them?
2: Same thing. So like for Mister. The Hoyos, I go. Why don't we just do one and see how it goes? And if you yep. like it, we'll do another one. The exact same way. Um, Yes, it's exciting to see somebody that owns 15 properties. Man, you see those guys, you're like, oh, my. Because, I mean, we all do our CAD searches, right? We go through, we're like, man, this guy's got, he's got a unique name. And it's like, dude, you've got, like, all these properties, man. I'm going to market the heck
0: out of you, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's where skill
1: comes in, too. Oh, yeah. Because... You're
0: not the only one looking at that. Exactly. Like everybody else knows. Like, like all like vultures circling <laughs> yeah. around this one guy. Yeah. And this guy knows that too. Yeah. Like he knows so, I have 15 properties. Like who's going to be the one to come take them from me? <laughs> so you got
2: to educate yourself on those skills. Yeah. How do you do that? There's a book called Selling to Vito, and it is a fantastic book. And Vito is the very important top officer. Okay. Okay. Has anybody ever been in sales? Oh, yeah. Right. V-I-T-O. Like I-T-O. yeah, V I T O. So if okay. if you're in sales. And you're selling to businesses. There's gatekeepers, right? You got Absolutely. managers. You got to get past. You got to do all that.
1: I get through the secretary. How do, you, <laughs> how
2: do you get that? Well, you start doing and hanging out where vetoes hang out. You start doing what vetoes do. When you start getting in their area of influence, mm-hmm. it takes a little bit longer, but you start developing relationships. And um, I mean, you know, for some people, it's hard to do that because a lot of people want the quick cash. I want it now. I want to get paid yeah, right. uh, for myself. I'm a long-term thinker. I want to develop oh, the relationship. Yeah. I want to make one sale a day and then maybe 20 more the rest of my life from this one person. You know, and that's that's kind of been my mentality. So uh, if they have a lot of them, slow your roll and try to do one. Now, if they're desperate and just want to offload, be cautious. There might be something wrong.
1: Oh, it's yeah. Yeah. Too so, good to be true, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I, know we, uh, I had a conversation the other day. Uh, I forgot who it was with. But it was regarding multifamilies um, and doing the due diligence because um, uh, I think the particular individual, the conversation came up with um, uh, that person never really does um, like apartment deals or um, it wasn't so much multifamily, like you know, six, seven units, but it was like we're talking like hundreds of units, right? Okay. And, uh, and doing their due diligence, trying to find the owner and contacting them, like obviously. It's going to be a little different because you might have to go through the property manager to get to the owner, or you have to find out who the registered agent is to uh, of, the, of the business that that owns the, the asset or whatever, right? But part of the other thing is when factoring like the expenses, um, when you have a property that big, there's bound to be litigation issues. And that's one of the things that people don't think about when they do their searches. Like, oh, hey, they're, they're like whole like expenses and their net operating income is this but they don't realize that there might be a lawsuit that's pending and if that <laughs> is if that is judged against them yeah. then that's now a huge expense that they have <clears throat> to face you know if they if they acquire the property right mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> or it could be partial uh, partially their uh, liability, even if it's, uh, you know, uh, the, a judgment against the LLC that owned it just before them. Uh, it's still something that, that they have to factor into. So you know, having to learn and teach other people to go and, and look up potential litigation issues on that property, uh, that's something that was like, you know the, the the individual I was talking to was like, "Wow, I never thought of that. Like, yeah. you know, this, like, that that could totally ruin this deal." Yeah. <laughs> that's why we run everything through
2: title. Well, we don't we yeah. don't do any uh, big apartment units, but we tend to do more five units, six units, smaller stuff. And uh, but we still run them through title company with any kind of deal. Just it. it, it yeah. It protects everybody. Yeah, and like you said, if like
0: someone has a bunch of properties and they're trying to get rid of them quickly, like that's one thing I would definitely do oh, is yeah. like look up that individual, their business, each of the properties, and see if there are any pending litigation issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of that stuff's public information anyway, especially if it's done to the civil uh, court uh, instead of the criminal court. Um, like that's that's all public information. It's oh, yeah. free to it's free to, to find.
2: Me and Alex had a guy that we were talking. So me and Alex share contacts too. We try to help each other out and he sent me one guy and he just wouldn't answer the phone wanted yeah. to do everything through text message
1: this oh yeah good yeah let's, deal. Yeah, let's talk about a, that a guy Jesus, I, man, i'm not gonna give up is. any
2: names of the property but sure, yeah. you know Jeez. uh he's in another state and the guy was just
1: admin on not talking to you on to the talk. phone and so
2: <laughs> me I'm, I'm i got talk i got stalkerish tendencies because you know we try to find people stuff like that so i find him look him <laughs> up uh he's the owner and doing all this stuff and I text him and nothing, nothing, he won't answer his phone and then I find out that he's a realtor in another state. Mm-hmm. I also find out that he's had his license revoked not once but twice. Oh, wow, So now I guess you wondering, do I even wanna do business with this guy? No, yeah. No, and that, you're right, it's all free public information and that guy was just, even mm-hmm. the other day I text him again and I go, hey, it's been a month, you still got that property? He's like, yeah, cash only now. I'm like, I ain't gonna, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> dude. No, it <laughs> <No, laughs> no, no. ain't gonna happen.
1: So. Yeah, you got to be aware too. That's a good thing too. If you know if you have the access to you know background check people, you know I would kind of advise doing that, especially if they're just acting sketchy. I mean, I wouldn't really waste my time uh, background uh, background checking everybody, but if somebody's starting to act real shady or somebody's acting a little iffy and like just a little weird. Especially if they don't want to be on the phone now, right? Now we know, right? Man, Let's nice background time. check them, okay? Let's see what kind of people we're dealing with, right? Because you know that was a good deal, but you know. I, it was even weird for me as well that the guy didn't want to be on the phone. He's like, oh, no, he's real busy. I'm like, "Nah, man. He's not yeah. too – When if you're trying to sell me a $100,000 property, you should never be too busy to get on the phone. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Business <laughs> is business, man. Yeah, I got time to text? Yeah, yeah that's know, crazy. I don't. Um, what's it called? up – so, you know, speaking of like dealing with problems and stuff like that, what are the craziest things that you have seen that has – you know, okay, I just want to say this. There's no perfect deal out there. Ever, you're gonna come across some type of obstacle. Uh, I think that's where, in my head, when I when I actually first got started, I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna, you know, I'm good at sales," you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna make it happen. And then, so, and then I, there's situations where I've sold properties. Uh, you know, I pre-sold a lot of properties, and I got the buyer and the seller within three hours in agreement, you know, price and everything. And then, come to find out, there's like all this stuff behind the title issues and stuff like that. And I learned. There's no perfect deal out there. Nothing can just go smooth as much as you wanted to because there's always obstacles. So my question is, what are what would you say have been the craziest things you've seen that have been wrong with title issues or things to overcome to close a deal?
2: So usually title issues, I took a class on short selling and banking relations. Mm-hmm. So that really did help out. Um, I... I, the first short sale deal I came across, uh, I didn't know what I was doing technically, but I already had the information and I had the resources to help me through Good. it. So, but I mean, you'll see judgments, uh, you'll see IRS liens, you'll mm-hmm. see tax liens, um, and that's why it's important to run through title because anything that comes up, uh, you're protected from that point yeah. on. Right. And they're, they they do a lot of due diligence to be sure because they're putting their name on it and they don't want to pay for anything. Yeah. But, I mean... Shh. So that's that's probably some of the craziest issues, and if it's just going to be too much, I mean, we just don't deal with it. I mean, I just I don't I don't I don't have time to mess with. Um, I'm 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 a, I'm a huge fan of Pareto's law, you know. What's that? Um, Pareto's law is 80-20. Are y'all guys familiar with that? Mm-hmm. So, it's when you have a fa- when when you have a customer base, uh, usually eighty percent of your profits come from twenty percent of your customers, and vice versa. Eighty percent of your problems come from twenty percent of your customers. Also, so you got to yeah. figure out which twenty percent they are, yeah. and then fire them. You yeah. know, I mean, it sounds crazy, but wow, you're firing that's a good your law. customers. Yeah, I learned something because <laughs> here's the thing: is I, I've I've done deals with people where they're easy to get along, they're grateful, they're just yeah. so happy, and then I got other ones just pick and pick and pick and pick, right. and that even though we're helping them, and that's fine. The thing is, over time. You want to spend your time where you're going to be making you the most money, and you know smoother transitions. It doesn't mean I won't I won't necessarily do business with them again, but I will tell them, hey, you know, in order for you to do business with us again, you're going to have to talk to us with respect and dignity. Otherwise, we can't move forward. And you know, these are the kind of people I'm talking about the ones that cuss you out and are just jerks about everything. You know, yeah. So, and if you can't work with us professionally, we can no longer do business together. Yeah, you know.
0: Oh yeah, no, I totally yeah, agree. Kind of what we talked about a little earlier with wholesalers giving other wholesalers a bad yeah. name. No. Yeah, that, that goes true for uh, investors. Like if you if you treat wholesalers and other people that bring you deals that make you money. And you treat them bad, like the wholesale community. Everybody knows everybody. Like we all, at some point, everybody touches the same deal or the same (laughs) same contact, right? Right. I mean, we're all pulling. Like if it's a publicly available data source, everybody's pulling from it. Whether it's an eviction list or you know uh, a foreclosure (laughs) list, like everybody has access to that. At some point, like a wholesaler is going to overlap with someone else, right? Mm -hmm. And that means that those people are dealing with the same investors at some point or another. And, you know, this is is the same thing. If that investor is um, treating one person bad, you know, word's going to spread, no one's going to do business with that person.
1: You know, and I agree to that uh, 100% fully because I, you know, before I got started into uh, real estate, you know, I thought it was a big, I thought, you know, a lot of people weren't connected as as I figured out how much they were when I got in. You know, I was just like, wow, everybody knows each other. you know, it's crazy. So now, when I go to events or something, some somebody knows me through somebody or somebody seen me through social media, or you know, um, I see a lot of big investors together in the same place. I'm just like, wow, man! Everybody, you know, San Antonio is big. But it's as far as the real estate community; it's really small. And I've seen people get blacklisted so easily. You know, some people will put people on blast. They won't say their name, or they're like, "Man, can't believe this person did this to me," or "This investor did this." And people will comment on there, like, "Who did that?" You know, say their name. You know, let me. I don't want you know. I don't want to run into the same problem. Who are they? You know, like people are so scared uh, to get you know screwed over by somebody that you know they're going to reach out to that person who them on blast or blacklist them, man mm-hmm. you know there's some people out there that will straight up say your name <laughs> and will uh post you in every real estate group out there i've seen it happen I'm like wow that is crazy you know i don't want to you know cross them at all <laughs> so i only
2: do business with certain wholesalers if it's a good deal hillco yep. homes is only about the only one right now that i talk to on a consistent basis we yeah. go over deals and I stuff I appreciate but that I don't I don't <laughs> a us. lot of you know so you go to some of these other bigger ones they've been they're they're off my blacklist I don't even want to do I don't even want to do business with them yeah. you know because they're just they don't do their due diligence and they just want to they just want to get a quick buck and they want to <sighs> get somebody in the property yeah. you know
1: they're, so you know a lot of people don't understand you know how, <laughs> how much money San Antonio is right now like like how big san antonio it's just there's so much room for money for everybody you know, I don't understand why you know you just gotta get greedy about it you know what I'm saying there's too many houses out there you know you see all these eviction lists these foreclosures lists, these distressed properties you know a lot in the west side south side east side you know what I'm saying even in the north side there's a lot of great properties and potential to make money you know and everybody's so focused and you know I do understand you know maybe people want to max out but max out realistically you know what i'm saying like don't over <coughs> apply something that you know is not going to work that that that's just being greedy you know to uh, you know so if you know if you're at a you know, if you do the formula on the property say you know there's a 100 hundred thousand dollars and then you know you're doing the formula on it 75 percent you're at 75 thousand and then the rehab is like fifty thousand. you have to be closer to 20 you know 10 yeah. okay don't re don't wholesale that contract for like 20 more thousand dollars than what it is when the arv is at 100 you, you see yeah, what i'm oh saying yeah, that? that's so unrealistic and people you know you may think that you might be fooling people, especially when you post it on Facebook, but a lot of people who know what they're doing, I'm like, what? And especially if they know that area, they're like, man, there's no way in that area yeah, that's going like, to get that much. This, there's
2: <laughs> 10% I can make on this. I don't want this deal. You know, like, they they, yeah. they, they just take all the meat. Yeah, I've seen that.
1: Sheesh, man. Is it, it's ridiculous. I, mean, I, know, you know. I know we've talked about
0: this before, but, you know, I, I feel like when people do that, it's because they're not confident in their ability to sell or negotiate. Because, it, like, I feel like the mentality going into a deal like that is, let me make as much as I can now because I don't know when I can do it again. Right. Yeah, exactly, man. And, and if if your mentality is like that, then I think that's that's like an attitude a problem that you need to fix because if you have the skill. Uh, and, and that skill gets built by doing small deals first, right? Uh-huh. So you do that one, two, $3,000 assignment fee deal, and you do a bunch of them, right? Because, I mean, they're, you could probably get them out quicker since they're smaller fees. More people would be interested in buying yeah. them, you know, better deal for everybody. But you build rapport and you build that skill set so that you don't have to do the one time $20,000 yeah. fee. And then wait a whole year to do it again because you know your numbers are too high for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure, those deals are out there. If you can get them, get them, right? Yeah. But, but the the I think the problem is people uh, who are, are going into um, deals like that have that mentality of you know I want to maximize as much potential return as I can get for the amount of work I'm putting in because I may not get this kind of deal again right. later on down the road. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and not only that, but. You know, you know, people don't understand. Like when you do ridiculous numbers, you're also hurting your reputation. Okay. Yeah. The more, the more you get greedy, the more you overprice things. He's
0: watching. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, sir.
1: Um, yeah. You know, so you know, the more you do, do ridiculous numbers, the more you get greedy on the property, the more you're just being unrealistic the more it's going to hurt you on your next deal because those same people see what you're trying to bring to them even if it's a good deal to them you know and you actually it's like the boy who cried whoops you know what i'm saying you lie about all your numbers until you actually know that you got a good deal and you could average you know you can send it out there but people don't want to people don't want to associate with you you know they're going to look at you more caution, with more caution and they're going to do more you know more research on you because they know that you're unsure about your numbers right and that yeah. just hurts you so if you come in if you come in with, with this mentality as like oh I'm gonna make a lot of money and I don't care how much I get off of one person or I don't care about being in a relation with them you're like gonna set yourself up for failure and it's just you know don't Especially if you're working with other wholesalers, you know. You know one thing about
2: that. Alex is he's fairly new to real estate, and he's learned so much in a short amount of time. Yeah, the guy is on <laughs> Absolutely. point. Absolutely, yeah. like he's been doing great. Yeah, I appreciate that, no, man. I appreciate you, know? you, man. He's been he's been awesome. And that's true because we 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 want to do this together. You know, I always say this: uh, a rising tide raises all ships. You know, and uh, that's what we got to be is we got to help each other get up the get up the financial ladder. And You know, some mm-hmm. of us want to be job optional. Some of us will just want to be able to spend time with our kids. Honestly, yeah. what's that going to take? How many properties is that going to take? You know, I know I don't like talking about sub-two deals because sub-twos, if you don't do them right, you're going to hurt the entire community. Oh, yeah.
1: So yeah. That's, uh, You have to be very mm, ethical on that. Like You have it's, to be very... It's,
2: well. it's, just, it's just because uh, people get greedy and it's then Texas state legislature is going to get involved. And before you know mm-hmm. it, they're going to put more bars on wholesaling, put more Jeez. bars on that. And that's not what we want.
1: Yeah. yeah. We but, just want
2: yeah. to be able... <laughs> to do good work and do it together help each other out Mm. so yeah just 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 keep that in mind everything you do is getting watched either way either in one way shape or another and if a lot of people are messing up there's going to be consequences
1: oh yeah yeah definitely now let me ask you um I know we talked about you know before and after getting into real estate but um, as far as expectations did you think that uh, did you have like, uh, before you got into real relationship, you had certain expectations. Now, were there a lot different as opposed to you getting into it afterwards? Like, did you still, like, you know, so like when I got involved, for for an example, I was just like, oh, you know, this is gonna be easy. This is gonna do this and that. But when I got involved, that whole concept as a whole perception just changed differently. What was some of the things you thought was gonna be like real easy compared to, you know, what it is now?
2: Honestly, the biggest hurdle I've had is business partnerships and partnerships with others mm-hmm. um, because I consider myself of a I mean you ask anybody. I'm a pretty nice guy I get along with people. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I try to I try to help people out and um, I didn't think I would have as much trouble as I have had dealing with other people in business sometimes mm-hmm. um, so uh, I was expecting more transparency with my business partners or whatever the case is. So if you're doing business, get it in writing. Be like, hey, Absolutely. it's not because I don't like you. No. I love you. You're a great guy. You're a great sister, whatever. Uh, but we need to protect both ourselves. This is for both of us so we can hold each other accountable, get joint bank accounts, and both of you watch that account, see what's coming in, see what's going on. You can kind of tell where I'm going with it, right? Yeah, yeah. So you want to be sure that transactions are done. You want to, And then start writing down a journal of things that you all agree on.
1: I yeah. mean so how about trial? You have a trail. Yeah, have
2: a trailer like so from here on we agreed that this, this, this and this. We agreed that before we're doing a problem, this is the system we're gonna do. We we agree that these are the choices that we need to be made together. Now if it's a now and then come up with the price. If it's less than five hundred bucks, you, you can make that decision on yourself. Yeah. But if it's more, we need to talk about it.
0: That's actually um, uh, um, something that I've I've come across and that I've done and just from experience, you know, having uh, had multiple businesses in various <coughs> industries, and um, you know, having done a couple of deals that just didn't work out, and I lost some money on yeah. them. You know like those are lessons learned. But absolutely, uh, and sen- essentially, what you're what you're talking about is having an operating ag- agreement, mm-hmm. which is a contract between all, all parties involved in the same business. Whether it's a joint venture or it's like an LLC, uh-huh. uh, this is more common with LLCs to have the operating agreement because the joint venture contract kind of outlines those things anyway. Um, but uh, you know, with the with the operating agreement, you can decide all the various aspects of the business that you want to negotiate, and you can decide before doing any business what that's going to look like for everybody's responsibility. So that you know, just like in sales and negotiations, set the expectation and then uh, uh, perform on those expectations. You know, so you want to make sure that you have things outlined clearly and you know uh, concisely. Uh, so that you know, there's no ambiguity as to you know what those numbers mean or what uh, certain uh, uh, I guess policies are within yeah. within your uh, agreement. Um, and I mean that's that's something that I do. I mean my, my main business is in consulting. I I help businesses become more efficient. Nice. So if anybody watching you guys need help <laughs> with an operating agreement, come talk, come talk to yeah. me. Like I, yeah. I I do that for other people. And,
2: and and part of that too, you want to include. Uh, how to change policy and re- and when to when to when to review and change and how to do that process. Right. right like tracking,
0: like voting rights <clears throat> or yeah. or minutes. Uh, you know, how you journal yeah. things. Uh, yeah. Everything is in that operating agreement. Yeah. And it's not it's not a public document. It is a private document. It's between you and your business partners. Um. And and that's that can be amended at any time according to the rules that you set forth. Uh, it can be as flexible or as inflexible as you want it to be, um, but I, I would definitely, I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Have one in place no matter what. Yep. Yeah,
2: I'm not. You, I mean, I, I know you asked about expectations. I wasn't expecting this to be easy, um, because my expectations for myself are pretty far fetched. Like, um, and uh, however, <coughs> coming from, uh, I, I, coming from a construction background, I'm a safety consultant. That's my golden goose. That's where I make my money. Um that's where I made my money, and transitioning to this, um, the expectation was no matter how hard it is, push through it, which I'm usually pretty good at, and it was never easy, I never expected it to be easy, I always expected it to be, there's gonna be a learning curve, and just get behind it, start getting around people, start getting around doing it, so, the only thing that's changed from an expectancy, from my expectancy viewpoint, is this is better than what I ever could have thought of. Yeah. I didn't think real estate was this good. I could never imagine contracting a dozen properties. I could never imagine being involved in commercial planning, residential planning issues. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these are, this that's fun.
1: You know, it is fun it's understand. fun to get in there to
2: talk numbers and to, and to just rap and be like, well, this is what we're thinking. This is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do things. And then you're meeting other you're, you're meeting other big players, people who are movers in the community as well. Never would have thought. Now, is it easy to make money in real estate? It's yes, but... It's
1: tedious. It's, <laughs> you just want
2: to do it right. I can't yeah. harp on on the integrity yeah. part because once your reputation is out, so is your money. Oh, my God. I mean...
1: You know, you know that's what I, I preach about in my workshops. You know, I teach people how the importance of working together versus against each other a lot of people don't understand that you make a lot of money by connecting and working together now you uh you know do keep in mind you can't work with everybody but you can definitely try you know and based off of that experience you can decide whether to work with them or not but you know um, another thing too is you know people if you if people would only understand that you know, if you can, if you learn the process and you learn how to work well with others and, you know, compromise and create a solution for that seller's problem, you know, this can be very rewarding. When the first time I, I my first deal, um, I, I felt like I kind of had a hard deal because I, you know, so I, I have compassion and heart for people. Like it's, 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 it's really like if I see somebody walking or something like that or, um, you know, I, in, in the cold, I want to like take them shopping or go get them blankets and stuff like that you know like that's that's where my heart's at and so my first deal was when you know i had to deal with tenants that were like those were really uh, they were such a great family they were you know they were they were wanting to stay there you know you can tell that like, they were sad because you can tell like they didn't want to leave and this and that and i had to deal with the tenants uh, and the you know the seller she was kind of more like uh what do you want me to do with them i really don't care i'm like dang <laughs> I was like that yeah. you know i was like man is you know i was like man like what am i gonna do i don't have the heart to tell these people that a hey, uh, y'all gotta move you know and especially within 30 days like a lot of people just don't have that luxury to move or money saved up just to move out of nowhere you know and so oh I felt like my first deal was a little difficult I had to figure out you know what why don't I just try to reach out to the landlords, see if because they had a good track record because they were they kept up with the property you know they were just good tenants you know they were ideal tenant uh, landlord you know what there were what landlords wanted as, as far as a tenant right so yeah. You know, I really had to work hard to find uh, rental uh, renters or cash flow, you know, buyers and stuff like that, and it actually worked out. It was really tedious, I tell you that. That was very tedious, man, but I did not give up. I made it happen, you know, and it was really rewarding. And just to see how you're able to create that much money just by putting a house on contract and not really putting no money into it, Man, it's such rewarding. Then you know, I made a twenty k spread once, and I was like, man, in thirty days, you know, like this exciting, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I kept wanting to reach higher and higher, and you know. So, and what's also is very exciting is that you're, you know, just as you said, you know, you're doing, you're, you're dealing with big amounts of money you're negotiating big money you're not like flipping burgers you know i mean yeah. there's nothing wrong with that okay there's nothing wrong with that but you know it's very exciting to be able to like do deals with 48 units 100 unit apartment complex yeah. uh, complex you know it's it's very exciting though know? but it, it only comes and it only pays off for those people who do things very ethical you know and we just can't preach enough yeah. about that yeah. you know so let me ask you something what yeah, is yeah. what kind of deals do you really try to focus on like, what would be the easiest um, way for you to deal with problems as far as like, well, like, I wouldn't just say like wholesale, I guess I'm not asking the question, right? <laughs> I would say like, so what do what, you look for?
0: Let's put it like this, we're at like 45 minutes, so we're almost done with our, with our time here. But for anybody who's watching, um, tell us what your goals are for the next year, five years in real estate. Okay. and how we can help you reach those goals so the next year is
2: gonna be uh, I, I was I was hoping to really make some big moves this year with real estate uh, or last year I should say some of the things fell through I mean but I probably hit about half of my goals which is better than okay. reaching yeah. awesome, none, right? awesome.
1: yeah. so no, um, if you don't mind me asking um, how often do you look at your goals? Like, do you have a li- uh, goal list? Do you look at it before you go to sleep? Do, like, how often do you look at your goals?
2: So I got, I'm, I'm a sticky note person. Okay. So I uh, got, sticky, those guys, notes okay. so I got <laughs> sticky notes everywhere on my computer, on my desk, at home, where it's like, you know, uh, one of the things that I would tell myself is what, what do I got to do to walk away from my job by this date what do I got to do to be able to make this happen uh, so I, I do a lot of that uh, Mike I have a goal I use Evernote so I always update it everywhere I go and I kind of I'm also a fan of meditation so mm-hmm. I look at that and, and so I, I go through my goals every day because I want to be sure that I'm being active I'm being proactive and get the mindset ready so it's it's a so that's my so my next one year goal is to completely walk away from my job and be able to take care of all my finances um, and then my five-year goal is to be able to be completely job optional and spend time with my youngest daughter now mm-hmm. and just kind of homeschool her and do my deal and at the same time to teach my kids how to do this yes. because I don't Absolutely. I, it's um, what if somebody were to tell you hey I could teach you how to make money then you can go be a doctor if you want and pay for it on your own
1: yeah.
2: I mean that's a huge
1: difference no I, I believe in that too you know that's what I what we're always that's why I take my daughters with me sometimes to walkthroughs and stuff like that because I even though she's six years old I'm getting her started now yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying I want to teach her about entrepreneurship and you know yeah. there's not just a whole philosophy that you have to like you know go to college and you know to get a good job for 30 years. You know? Yeah,
2: so I mean taking that into account I remember driving for cans when I was a kid with my dad you know like well, oh dad there's a can, let's pull over, put it, put it. I yeah. get cans and go take them. So kind of the same concept is what I was thinking like I, I, I know I, I, I was raised doing uh, construction work and uh, raised picking up cans and scrap materials, scrap metal, mm-hmm. so I see that well what if I teach my kids how to do the same thing with houses? you know driving in and every be like man my dad would like that house I maybe mean, <laughs> call them up you know yeah. and then to start teaching
0: like, burn dogs go, out yeah. of them, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah why not
0: so we got a question from a viewer manuel thanks for watching thank manuel, you manuel uh, he says always been interested in this field but don't know how to start any great resources that will help me learn more hmm. So, I would
2: say get with your local RIA. A RIA is Real Estate Investment Association. Okay, Real Estate uh, Investment Association. These guys, and get one that's nationally accredited, they're just okay. because they're held to a higher standard, and um, so like here in San Antonio, we have uh, Alamo REIA is part of National RIA, mm-hmm. and so um, it's R-E-I-A RIA, and um, they always have classes coming through. Uh, rehab classes, finance classes, uh, workshops, all free? kinds of things. No, there is a there is a membership to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much the price is, but you get free food every 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 at least once a month. Well, if so you it's want definitely a free alternative,
0: worth it. Alex has a workshop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and
2: but the, the cool thing is these are these are investors. These yeah, are investors free. from yeah, it's free. <laughs> these are investors from the age of eighty to the age of twenty. So, you've got mm-hmm. the whole spectrum. You've got the guys that did it, and then you've got private money. You've got hard money lenders. But the private money lenders, the president of our local RIA is on stage every week, and he's like, uh, If you have a deal, I've got money. Mm-hmm. And there's a, probably about a handful of guys that do that every month. You know, <laughs> say us Well,
0: that's good marketing. A, good, a good book to watch or, or a YouTube video.
2: So. Are both of y'all readers? Do y'all Oh, read books? yeah, big readers. Okay, outstanding. Yeah.
1: I get in trouble because I order too much books.
2: So <laughs> last year, no, no, sorry, the year before last, 2017, I ran through 60 books. Nice. Last nice. year I did about 20-ish. So this year I'm only going to focus on three. But if there's a book that I could recommend, it's going to start off with uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. I mean, I just... Rich Dad Poor Dad has some very very good basics, and then just go through the whole Rich Dad Poor Dad series, all the books. Yeah, you know, I
1: think I think uh, I love Rich Dad Poor Dad because of the the i the the four quadrants and I yeah cash cash flow 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 quadrants. Uh, I got a speech impediment, but you know, I think a lot of people need to learn that concept. It's gonna like explain to them and see and get them to realize where they're at, where their mindset is. Are they still an employee, or you know, are they gonna be you know and a lot of people I, I didn't realize that myself that i was still stuck in the, you know self employed um, you know quadrant you know i'm not thinking about business and investing, investing but right now i'm actually in the self employed but you know my mind i still feel like i'm Already you trying got, to think business and investing. Yeah, yeah. You
0: got a path and a plan, and I think that's yeah. more than what most people have. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I agree. Um, the rich dead poor dead book was pro- it's probably. I mean, I think everybody who's in business is, is like cites that as one of the mm-hmm. most important books because it sets the foundation for the right thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think cash flow quadrant probably has more information. Yes. That's like uh, that's actually useful. Like technical on the technical side of thing. Of, Understanding how the quadrants work, right. and what you're doing, and how to how to think about problem solving. But um, like for me, one of the books that I think was a, a really great starter was the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Yes, that's another uh, great four hour book. Work. Um, yeah, you know, you know I haven't even read that one yet. That one that one really makes you think about how much time you waste in a day. Then like it, it yeah. makes you think like like okay, so this guy is maximizing other people's time so that he can free up his time. But like, what am I doing every, day <laughs> every time I <laughs> <not> utilizing, man. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds <No>.
1: yeah. like <laughs>
2: that. Uh, a good follow-up to that. I mean, I read all kinds of books, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad is just the best foundational book. That whole series, his wife got into real estate with him. By the way, if you're a couple, married couple, or you're married and you're in it and your spouse is in, isn't, yeah, yeah. it makes for a difficult household, and you're going to be growing while the other isn't. I yeah. would encourage y'all to try to do it together, even if it's once a week. Sure, yeah. Read a book together, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad's a great place to start. Um, you start getting into some of it. His wife said, "I'm going to try to do 20. I wanted to try to do 20 properties. This is when she started. 20 properties in two years. She ended up doing almost 200 properties in wow. two years. How does she do that? You know?
1: Sheesh.
2: And so there, there is a way. There is a process. There is a system. You start going through the Rich Dad Poor Dad series. It'll set up the mindset and it'll give you great advice and information on how to start building your dream. I mean, and then Timothy Ferriss is a great one." Uh, there's another book i just came across called the 12-week year mm. and it so 12 months it's like oh i could take care of that at the end of the year i got mm. time right but well, what if we cut it down to 12 weeks yeah, yeah. start really hitting our Sheesh. goals in three months yeah like yeah, i don't think so. there's any
1: Boy, no time for sleep. sleep in that uh, <laughs> that's exactly crazy. that's crazy that's so, crazy yeah. I think another good book
0: too is uh, three feet from gold um I got, it's kind of a it's uh, kind of like um, like a Napoleon Hill uh,
2: okay look. you know, yep. it's kind of like uh,
0: uh, the, the premise of it gold, is yeah. uh, there is interviews with other business people um, talking about uh, the concept of the Three Feet from Gold was uh, this, uh, like a story about a guy who uh, during the California Gold Rush went out there to, you know, uh, also look for gold, right? Yeah. And he's digging, he's digging. Everybody else around him is finding gold and making it big, and he just can't seem to, you know, get anywhere, and he quits, right? He decides he's going to go find another spot to dig. And someone else comes, and he's already dug this big-ass hole, so he might as well, like, take on from there. And it turns out he was—he literally had to dig another three feet to find the biggest, yeah. like, gold reserve in the state of California. And he, he you know, became a multibillionaire yeah. at, at the time. So the concept of the book is... Um, Interviewing other business owners and talking about perseverance in their business like sticking to their plan yeah. when it seems like their business is going nowhere and, and just like just being Consistent and showing that digging that extra three feet <laughs> you know, Obviously with with proper due diligence yeah. like if, you're, if you just got to keep going that eventually your process will take you where you want to be
2: Yeah, I had a mentor. He would say get excited get to work Don't quit no matter how long it takes, mm-hmm. if you stick doing with something long enough,
0: you're gonna get the results. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah. So three feet from goal, I think is That's a, a good one. Uh, a good book uh, More for you know, also having the right mindset, but also to like motivate yourself because in, in the in the first early stages of of any business, regardless of whatever industry you're in, um, you're, you, there's gonna be those ups and downs of where you feel like, is this really what I should be doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yeah.
1: I think another good book is uh, How to Win and Influence Friends uh, by Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie's books are amazing. Um, Sometimes they're like, long? (laughs) Sometimes they're like, too long? Because he does a lot of examples and he talks about, you know, but that's why I I like Dale Carnegie is because he makes the reader understand by giving examples and stuff like that. But, you know, just expect, you know, thick books from Dale Carnegie, but very, very, you know, informative, and how to you know better yourself and the people around you. You know, pretty much just how to like win. You know, how to win with those people. You know, and create better relationships. Yeah. You know, um, audio books too. Audio books really good. Yeah. yeah,
0: actually, for for the longest time, that's all I did was audio books because mm-hmm. I was driving so much for um, for one of my businesses. And uh, like I used to live in College Station, okay. and I would drive out. I'm originally from Uvalde, Texas. And um, uh, when I got started with my financial services business, a lot of my clients were from Uvalde. So I would drive from College Station That's to nice. Uvalde and then back every weekend for like, gosh, months, you know? And so in that drive, it's six hours to get there. Push play.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so
0: Push I, play. I, I would <laughs> listen to all <laughs> for, for That's like, a whole year is all yeah. I did. I think, yeah.
1: I think the first audio book I listened to was uh, the, uh, Outwitting the Devil. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. that freaked crazy. me out <laughs> I was like what so like, this guy's talking to the devil What's has got so um, how much time do we got left uh, three minutes uh, three minutes okay so I kind of want to give you some free marketing so uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the viewers what kind of deals you're looking for and how they can get a hold of you and how not to waste your time with deals that that don't fit your criteria
2: so <laughs> if it's a deal I'll look at it if it's any kind of deal no matter how good or how bad it is um, I've, 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 I've always done I'm a creative guy it's, that, that's why it's called creative financing so any kind of deal I do anywhere from if you got a subject to foreclosure divorce whatever the case is if you're behind um, getting ready to you know if you're tired of dealing with troubled tenants uh, you know but you still want to collect some cash flow give me a call we'll talk about it um, so if you want to get a hold of me my email address is uh, I'll, I'll just give you my real simple one it's Antonio Sosa eight or the number 18 at gmail.com. Uh, my phone number, I don't give it out, so I got to give you my other phone number. Yes, okay,
1: that's fair. Uh, it's a 210
2: 529 8777, extension 102. Okay. You're still going to ring on my phone, but it's just not my personal number, right, Okay, leave
1: a message. Always leave a voicemail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Leave a voicemail. People don't do that. Leave a voicemail. Text message. Leave a trail, you know, to let them know that you actually try to reach out to them. Yeah. Um, You know, so you heard it. If it makes money, makes sense, go ahead and reach out to Antonio Sosa, and we will... Uh, You know, this is another great episode of Helco Holmes uh, live podcast and we're very excited. Thank you for uh, coming on board, my man. man. I appreciate Appreciate you. You We've we've, we've, we've planned this for a long time. Um, I do want to add to what we were talking about, you know, about relationships as far as, you know, finding a wife. And, you know, if you're not doing the same thing, you know, I tell people, do some good advice, you know, be friends, be best friends, be married and then be business partners, okay? And that's what I'm doing with my wife. Oh, yeah. I'm making her into my business partner because we want to leave a legacy for our family and for our kids and so forth down their line. So, you know, it's great, great advice, okay, guys? Um, and I believe that's all we have left, and yeah, that's, appreciate it. that's it for
0: today's episode. Um, keep an eye out for it uh, on anywhere podcasts are available. Um, after this, we're just going to... Uh, export and do some minor tweaks for the audio and then you'll be able to listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts so thanks for for watching